in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, the uh, <laughs> we have some sad news, but um, we have to read the political obituary, the political obituary of Mike Pence. Uh, he's still alive. He's still alive, but his political career is absolutely finished. One thousand percent. This is it. He's done. He's made. Uh, he was a terrible guy in so many ways. I mean, he just stood there for most of the presidency. Uh, he doesn't have the guts. He doesn't have the leadership. He doesn't have the chutzpah. You need a little bit of chutzpah. He doesn't have the backbone and he doesn't have the loyalty and he's just a crummy candidate. Now this is, <laughs> this is great. Uh, you know those phony commercials that basically they don't do anymore. Real politicians don't do them. I mean, really good, you, know, you don't have to be a politician. I mean, really good people who have ideas, who want to make a difference in public, they don't have to do some silly stunt. You know, Donald Trump, look at his videos. The most viral guy in the world, look at the videos that he puts of himself on Truth Social. It's him talking right to the camera. That's what that's what uh, Ronald Reagan used to do. It's just a, a man with his ideas, and this is my view, and I believe that we need uh, deportations, and they will take place immediately, and this is how I'm going to do it. I will authorize the United States government. You know, that's it's perfect. It's or you could disagree, whatever, but it's very clear. You know what he's talking about. Every other, a lot of the silly politicians, you can't just stand there. You got to be doing something. You got to be look like you're active. So this is where Mike Pence. This is it. This is it. Uh, this is worse than George W. Bush, not a George H. W. Bush, not understanding the scanning machine at the supermarket, which actually was kind of fake news. Um, worse than Romney going hunting in those clothes that he bought two days ago. This is Mike Pence pretending to pump gas when he's not pumping gas. Can I can I hear this, please? He gets he's in a red pickup truck and he gets out and he introduces himself in the most uh, serious way. And and he pretends to pump gas. Go ahead. Would you, may, may I ask? No, 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 no. The first one from before that we talked about. That the Ukraine. No, 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 no. The very first one. Oh well. When you get around to it, it was uh, it was pretty good. It was um, it was uh, oh no, maybe at Mount. Then maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's my fault. Anyway, he doesn't pull the handle. He doesn't pull the handle to pump the gas. And it's, I mean, does he not know how to pump gas? He has. He gets driven around a lot. For four years as vice president of the United States, you know, they get a, they get a taste for the, for the finer things. They just enjoy it. They just love it. They just think they don't have to, uh, mix it up with the common people. And when they do, they look awkward and weird and they look like Mike Pence and he pretends to pump gas. What the hell ever happened to that guy? Indiana pickup truck. You know, you're from Indiana, but you got corrupted by the swamp. And I know he's always talking, uh, He's always talking about his faith in a way that, quite frankly, I find a little bit selfish. I find and he, he never kind of, I don't know, I, uh, who am I to pick that apart? But it's always like it seems kind of braggy, not possibly helpful for other people. You know, I uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have more to say about that because I do talk about my faith. I don't think I do it about, do it in a braggy way. I do it in a way that. Look, I think it's helped me, and I think it can help you a lot. Uh, certainly, when it comes to anxiety and uh, you know, just 
you know, that, that, that Sunday night feeling, it evaporates from your life. If you uh, get into the word of God and Jesus and you, you start thinking and reading and talking to him, uh, everything changes. Believe me, everything changes. It changed for me. Um, but when Mike talks about it, I just, uh, I don't know. He doesn't, it, 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 I, look, I've been listening to Mike Pence for a long time and it's not had one impact whatsoever. But hey, look, it all works. It all works out. It all works out. But as far as a candidate, he stinks. Go ahead with the gas, uh, the phony gas. Hey, everybody. Mike Pence here. Remember $2 a gallon gas? I do. And then Joe Biden became president of the United States and launched his war on energy. Since that time, gasoline prices are up 60%. Electricity prices are up 25%. You hear the beeping in the background? Joe Biden's war on energy is causing real hardship for working families. That's the beeping where you're supposed to press whether you want high octane, low octane, 8793. (laughs) But he doesn't press it, therefore he can't pump the gas, but he's not even trying to pump the gas because his handle, his hand is not on the handle. He's faking it. Join us in the fight for American energy leadership by going to MikePence2024.com. We can lead the world once again to a more prosperous and a secure future for America with energy independence and American energy leadership. They told Mike to fill 30 seconds. You got to talk for 30 seconds no matter what. He should have stopped 10 seconds ago. Look, I'm sorry. You could say this is superficial. Oh, what does this have to do with anything? You can't stand there and talk about leading the world when you can't pump your own gas, when you don't know how to do it. Well, Trump never does it. Yeah, but he never pretends to do it. You know, I mean, it's just uh, so you add that to uh, and sorry, Diego, the uh, now let's do the I think it's the the last one I sent you before that one. All right. This is where he's talking. It's a it's a it's a clip. I want I want the one where the words come up and he's talking about Ukraine with Tucker Carlson and Tucker is all bent out of shape on this. And so am I. I don't think we should be spending billions of dollars on Ukraine, which, as Tucker is about to say, most Americans can't find on a map. Be honest. If if you got a a map or a globe where all the countries were defined by borders, but there were no names of countries, they make globes like that. They make maps like that. To learn the countries, you know, but you have no names. Could you find Ukraine on a map? I could not. Well, actually, by now I probably could, but, you know, that last year I certainly couldn't. Could you, Diego? I know you're a man of the world. You just got back from Australia. You know where that is. You know where New Zealand is, but nobody knows where Ukraine is, really. I'm sorry. Um, now, does that mean everything? No, but it's kind of important. Listen to what Mike Pence says. So the political, the, the obituary, we, we all got it ready when he said this. Go ahead. ...that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. It's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's not his concern. America's not his concern. I, what, I mean, the fact that he was actually able to show his face in public after that fiasco tells you that they needed him around for a little bit to take more shots at Trump. You know, he got a lot of airtime over the past uh, couple of days. 
said, Donald Trump asked me to violate the Constitution. Not one man can overturn this election. That is so thoroughly un-American. Well, it's a difference of opinion about what the Constitution says. And people have that all the time. We have a big Supreme Court right across the street. This should have made it to the Supreme Court. And brilliant people can look at the same amendment and see two different things. We get five to four decisions routinely in this country. Don't say anybody's un-American, Mike, because they disagree with you. I think that's pretty un-American. Um, and he never said, ultimately, the ultimate ask, as John Loro said, we want you to pause the voting. If Mike Pence thought his job was only to uh, count the votes and nothing else, what if he found out that those votes were corrupt, that those votes were assembled um, in a corrupt election that violated state law? I mean, what if, I've used this analogy before, suddenly he found out that all the electors in Pennsylvania, they were forced to do it at gunpoint. Is he going to count that vote? Is he going to count it? No, he wouldn't. Of course not. He'd find a way to say, no, we can't. we got to hold it. Under the Electoral Count Act, there's something we can do here. Or I'm going to count it, but I'm not going to count it now. It doesn't say I have to count it immediately. We'll be counted. All right. Let's wait a week. Let's wait a week and get those depositions from all those electors up there, huh? Wouldn't that be a great idea? I think that would be a fantastic idea. Or would have been. And maybe we would still have uh, uh, peace in Afghanistan, and it wouldn't be run by a bunch of uh, terrorists, al-Qaeda terrorists. Two years ago, right now, we were getting out of Afghanistan. You see some of those Gold Star uh, families talking about their loss and how insensitive. The one thing that Joe Biden was supposed to be good at was um, grieving with people, right? You know, making nice on people and empathy and all that crap. Do you see how he uh, tried to shake the hand of a wounded Marine who had no hand? He got his hand blown off in that explosion that killed 13 uh, Marines and uh, and sailors. Uh, well, a lot of people were injured. As Donald Trump has said, nobody ever talks about the injured. Well, there were a lot of injured people, and they weren't uh, given any recognition. One of them popped up on a podcast and told this story. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he's try- he kept on trying to shake my hand. I had no hand to shake. And um, the guy was kind of like really... He had just come from a war zone, a great big blast. He had a concussion. He was like, Joe Biden, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah, you're, that's right. You're the president. Just, it didn't seem like he was the president. It still doesn't seem like he's the president. Did you see him in um, the Weather Channel interview? Very bad. Very, very weak. Exhausted. You know, you can be exhausted. I mean, I'm sorry. You can be old and be great. You know, Mike Bloomberg, whether you like him or not, is going to live to be 100. If you talk to him right now, the guy is so on the spot uh, Donald Trump is the same way. He's going to live to be a uh, 100. He is totally on top of his game. One of Joe Biden's many, many issues is that brain surgery he had back in the 80s. And people don't talk about it. We're not supposed to talk about it. How can you talk about that? That's insensitive. Well, I remember vividly twice this guy almost died in the 1980s because he had a great big tumor in his brain. Now, I'm so glad that they got the tumor out and he survived. But the problem that is back then to do brain surgery, they do it differently. They did it very differently than today. It was like compared to today, it's like barbaric what they did. They cut open the brain and took it right out. Now they can do it through the nose. They can do it with lasers. They can actually go through your eyeball somehow and they can get to the brain. Back then they had to crack open the skull and get to work. And the top neurologist, I forgot his name, but he wrote a book about this, and it's called uh, uh, When the Air Hits Your Brain, You're Never the Same. Right? So it just kind of makes sense, right? I mean, that that level of surgery, 
you're just going to be different. And he is different. I noticed this actually a little bit in John Glenn. I noticed it in John Glenn. John Glenn had a pretty big head injury in the 1970s before he got to the Senate. And if you look at John Glenn um, before and after, he's very different. Um, anyway, so he doesn't have it. He was exhausted and weird during that interview. He touched the woman inappropriately. I know she had a bug on her shirt. And he tried to uh, sway it away, but I think he was just trying to uh, cop a feel, quite frankly. I do. Hey, Eric Adams is, uh, (laughs) he's still just very good at talking about a problem. Yeah, this is a problem. He doesn't have anything in the way of solutions. You notice that? You know, just like he talks about what he's going to do or why what he tried to do didn't work. And if only he could get more money. (laughs) <laughs> if only he could get more support from from Washington. Uh, let's see here. Uh, cut fifteen. This is this is take two with the crazy tents on Randall's Island. Cut fifteen. When we built Randall's Island last year, we had fifteen thousand migrants, asylum seekers. Fifteen thousand. We're now at ninety-seven thousand. Wow. Well, when we built those elaborate tents, remember, with the couches and the foosball tables and the TV and the Netflix and all that stuff, five people came because nobody wanted to go to Randall's Island. Now we have 97,000. I mean, how many more people are going to make the trip? 20? 50? 100? He's going to waste more money building these crazy tents and all kinds of kids with their after-school programs, uh, they're, they're going to be canceled. And these migrants, you don't want them hanging around. I'm sorry, they haven't been vetted. And <laughs> you got to take a note that you support American values. And then you're a citizen. That's great. Welcome to America. But, but, but till then, you're on probation, and I don't want you hanging around our kids. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A real big shocking story from the New York Times. Remember when Governor Cuomo was going through all that stuff, all those crazy accusations against him? I know this annoys a lot of you, but look, I am not a Governor Cuomo fan. Um, a lot of things bothered me about him, uh, the, 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 the ship, the, the nursing homes, uh, all that stuff, but he's no predator. He did not abuse women. He did not assault or harass women. It's just, it was a, I think, uh, a hit job, a political hit ordered out of Washington, D.C., and I don't like to see anybody um, so falsely accused. Having been falsely accused once myself, oh, by the way, uh, I have a great deal of empathy for those who are falsely accused. And <laughs> so you, they came out against the governor, these crazy women with all kinds of crazy uh, uh, stories, I mean, <laughs> that weren't even sexual harassment. You make that gown look good? Remember he told that to the doctor? You make that gown look good, doctor. Is that supposed to be sexual harassment? Well, believe it or not, according to Letitia James, that doctor who looked good in the gown, um, who didn't really look good in the gown, he was just being nice, doctor, whatever your name, uh, she was one of the survivors, one of the survivors who was in the, the big report by the attorney general. It's amazing. That's a scandal right there that they use government paper for that, those, those reports and government staff to create those, those ludicrous reports. Um, so, you know, I'm sorry, but when you come out and you do something big and bold and controversial, like, uh, a, a falsely accused the governor of something, people are not going to like it, including, um, regular people and people, um, like the governor's sister. 
And there's a great big story uh, in the New York Times that at first I ignored, but they're like, uh, governor, the governor's sister was involved in defending her brother. And it goes on and on and on in CNN. But what's her name? Madeline Cuomo. There's a picture of her. And um, what's wrong with that? I'm going through this, and I just don't see any problem here whatsoever. That she was talking to some other women who wanted to defend Cuomo. There was a pro-Cuomo group called We Decide New York Incorporated. And, you know, they were, um, they didn't like what was happening to him. And they, you have a right in America to defend yourself, to defend people you like, and to raise questions about false accusers or accusers, period. You do. You're allowed to say stuff. Not everything in life is designed to keep people comfortable. In fact, if you want to be comfortable, stay home in bed. Right. So anyway, uh, all the best to Madeline Cuomo. I never met her. Uh, I you know Andrew is no longer the governor. You won. You people won. Can you believe that? I mean, actually, look again, I the, the covid stuff and the nursing room stuff when everybody was calling him Cuomo sexual and oh, boy, this, that and the other thing. I was ripping him so hard and everybody else was infatuated with him. Mm, is that a nipple ring? What's going on? Oh, is he single? Uh, all that crap. I was saying, you guys don't get it here. And then this campaign started. Charlotte Bennett. Who's the other one? Lindsay, uh, Lin, Lin, Lindsay Boyle. Lindsay Boyle. She worked, for, Lindsay Boylan. She worked for him. Everybody knew she was a head case. Also, everybody knew that she was in love with him. Totally in love with him. Now she's one of the survivors. She was the office bully, mean girl. Anyway, that was that was one scam, one great big scam. You heard it here first, by the way. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You have probably seen the video online by now, a big brawl along racial lines at the waterfront in Montgomery, Alabama. Thrown punch leads to an all-out brawl on an Alabama riverfront. Witnesses calling it an attack on a man just doing his job. A violent brawl in Alabama goes viral. A group of white voters accused of jumping a black security guard. Then a full-blown fight escalated on the riverfront. Yes, and um, across the board... Uh, those terrible white people without their shirts and their boat and their, uh, well, they're from Alabama. You know they're bad. And look, it was bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they jumped that guy. Uh, they threw the first punch. In every fight, somebody throws the first punch. And sometimes people join in, and I don't like it, but it happens. It happens a lot. There are fights in America. Every weekend, especially, especially when people are drinking, sometimes around boats for some reason, there are fights. And uh, this one, though, was on this evening news, that evening news, national news, international news, all over the place. New York Times everywhere. A bunch of guys getting into a fight over a parking spot uh, of a, a boat in, in Montgomery, Alabama. 
Why is it such a big deal? Well, you heard it right there, okay? Because the man was just doing his job, and he was black, and his assailants were white. White. Even the way they say it. Edge. White. Like, there's nothing worse than being white. 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 Well, um... A couple of things. Uh, number one, I don't like that those uh, those people, those white people, uh, did what they did. I don't like it, and I think it's wrong, and uh, I wish they had not uh, resorted to that. I also know this. I don't know all the facts. I don't know all the facts. I also don't know this, though. I know more facts than the fake news, and I'm actually, even if they know these facts, for whatever reason, they're not talking about these facts, but I am comfortable talking about these facts. Why? Because they're facts. Because they're facts, and it actually happened. But you people, fake news people, are addicted to your narratives, right? It's got to be a narrative. There's got to be a good guy and a bad guy, and ideally it fits into some national trend, right, that people can talk about, like, I don't know, Black Lives Matter and White supremacy all over the place, okay? So we can talk about, I can talk about what they won't talk about. So it's true. Uh, people came to this guy's aid, and I think that's great. And I don't care what color they are. They happen to be black coming to this guy. I mean, it looked like he was the victim here, but uh, then again, he was messing with the boat without their permission. People get pretty upset about that. I don't know what this guy said. I don't know what he said to those people. Could you imagine for a moment if the boat worker happened to be white and he was telling a bunch of black boaters, you can't park here? Get your boat and take it, take, take, get out of here. And then what if he said something racial? Well, I think nobody really would have any problem whatsoever if that guy got beat up, right? Hmm. What did the, what did this black boat captain say to the white, uh, people with the, out the shirt? I don't know. Neither do you. Nobody seems to know that. I think it's relevant. Again, I don't think this guy should have been beat up. I hate that that happened, but it happens. If it happens between um, two white people, nobody cares. If it happens between two black people, nobody cares. If it happens when the victim is white and the black uh, is the assailant, nobody cares. But if it's a white assailant and a uh, and a black victim, everybody cares because you can get, uh, well, you can make money, you can gain power from that kind of equation. So here are the here are the key facts that nobody else and I've actually seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. In this mob, in this uh, melee, and it does become a bigger, broader fight, and everybody seems to be fighting everybody at one point, I noticed a, a woman, probably about 60 years old, wearing a red dress. She was not involved in the earlier altercation. She's not the one who appeared to kick the guy on the ground, nothing like that. Uh, she was being kicked and punched for about 30 seconds by two women. Now, the woman in the red dress, the 60-year-old I just told you about, happens to be white, her assailants happen to be black, and they're kicking and punching her on the ground, and she is flailing about desperately. That was pretty disturbing to see. And actually, arguably, it was more disturbing for two reasons. Number one, women were doing the punching and kicking, which, and they were kicking another woman. That actually does kind of set me off a little bit. Um, it was also... A, a closer angle. They, the camera was closer to the action. It was like 15 feet away as opposed to like 50 yards away. So you saw more. And then after she takes that beating and the two girls take a break, some huge guy who happens to be black takes a chair and hits it over her head. Bam! 
right over the top of her head, which looks like attempted murder. And show after show, newspaper article after newspaper article, Internet story, blog post, this, that, and the other thing. Don't mention that. Don't point it out. Now, how do I? They sent Fox News sends a reporter all the way down there to Montgomery. And he doesn't figure out what I figured out while I was sitting in my bathtub. I actually take baths a lot. Even when I'm in a rush, I take a bath. It's weird. I just my I, I just love to take baths. Uh and I, I and I usually look at my phone when I'm in the bath. I have a waterproof phone. It, my wife is so oh gosh, give me the phone. It, the fo- the phone is waterproof. Anyway, um and I go through Instagram and I see these things and I go through Twitter and I saw it in my bathtub. And the world media can't figure out that this story is a little is not as black and white literally and figuratively as you might think. At one point, the uh, the boatman uh, seems to be, I don't know, it, one of the security guards seems to be starting to give him a hard time. And that is a black-on-black situation, and nobody does not bear further investigation. Look, I don't want to see fights, but maybe because I've been to war, I've seen a lot of stuff. So have you. Uh, this is not the worst fight we've ever seen. Um, I, I said yesterday, I've seen people get their heads chopped off. I've seen, I mean, not in person, but I've seen those videos. And... What about that lady? It does not fit into the narrative. It does not fit into the story. Now, I did see one article say that there was a man wielding a chair. The New York Times said there was one man who was wielding a chair. What does that mean, wielding a chair? Was he moving it from one side of the picnic to the other? Was he was he walking around menacing people with the chair? He was hitting people over the head. They didn't think they the they felt uncomfortable saying that somehow. I, you know, white liberal reporters. And most of them are white and liberal. Very uncomfortable talking about race unless it's all according to the um, patterns dictated by by the left. Keep an eye on that. Hey, the other thing is, ooh, and this is pretty nasty. Do you remember that teacher who got shot down south by a six-year-old kid with a gun? Just the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, my God. Now, she survived. Um, but we're finding out a little bit more about the whole situation. You ready? Virginia six-year-old who wounded teacher Abigail Zwerner with gun boasted. I'm going to say a bad word. It begins with a B, okay? But it's okay. I shot that bitch dead. I shot that bitch dead. Six-year-old said that. Now, the victim happens to have been a white blonde woman. The young boy, six. Let's say... um I don't know the, the 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 current ludicrous racial environment could have contributed to his feelings possibly just possibly after the first grader shot Abigail Abigail Zwerner at Rickneck Elementary School in Newport News on January 6th the post reports reading specialist Amy Kovach told the boy uh, held the boy until the cops arrived according to documents obtained by WTKR TV station. I did it. I shot that bitch dead. The pint-sized pistol packer bragged the doc show. I got my gun, my mom's gun last night. The unsealed records of Zwerner's statement to investigators at the hospital said that when the child drew the gun from his pocket and pointed it at her, the teacher asked, what are you doing with that? The boy then fired one shot that struck Zwerner in the left hand and upper torso, the affidavit states. 
Zwerner, 25, who suffered a collapsed lung and other injuries, has filed a $40 million lawsuit alleging school officials ignored multiple warnings about the student leading up to the incident. She has since resigned. The documents also revealed additional information about a previous incident in kindergarten in which the boy apparently attacked another teacher. Several days after the shooting, detectives interviewed the retired teacher who said the child choked her in September of 2021, according to a search warrant cited by the TV station. This affiant, what does affiant mean? The affiant, uh, the person who gave the affidavit, I think, yeah. What is affidavit? Uh, It's a fancy word for a report. Was able to obtain limited school records pertaining to the student from Child Protective Services, the document reads. The incident to which the kindergarten teacher describes is not found in these records. The affiant believes that the kindergarten teacher's incident and possibly others were not readily provided by Newport News Public Schools. Okay, she thinks there's a cover-up. And... uh, you know, the, the mom is in trouble here, Deja Taylor. And, yeah, I think there may be a racial component to all of this. Yes, I do. Because why? Because why? Well, that's pretty charged rhetoric, don't you think? I shot that B-I-T-C-H dead. That's pretty intense. Now, where would that kid have gotten that kind of hostility toward his teacher? And it wasn't just that, right? right? I mean, she's white and she's blonde. Is it possible? Is it just possible? This sick environment that we're living in right now that says you have to judge people by what's on the outside rather than what's on the inside. I think that's a big part of it. Hey, here I am tiptoeing on thin ice. Oh, my gosh. There's no evidence of that. Well, everyone's calling it a race riot. I would say the evidence of that's pretty flimsy. It's pretty darn flimsy, actually. That doesn't. That doesn't stop this huge fake news machine by racializing it. Why? Because it's fun. It's fun. It gives us something to talk about, and they can gain power, and then they can get and, – and Ben Crump. Has Ben Crump showed up in Montgomery? I have a feeling he's on his way. Uh, Joe, hello. Hello. Hello, uh, Greg. Listen uh, – Mayor Adams, uh, one of his flunkies, was on with John Casamitidis last week and said every option is on the table. But I look at it and I say the option, the most, uh, the one that's going to help us the most. Which, uh, which flunky? I don't know the guy's name. I apologize for that. Deputy mayor or something. And uh, uh, send the buses back to Texas or back to, to uh, Washington, D.C. Don't accept them. Yeah. All these people, you have to voluntarily get out of here or you're living in the streets and we're not doing anything for you. Do you know what the property taxes have doubled in the last nine years in New York City? Doubled. And now with this shortfall with the with the industrial, excuse me, the commercial real estate, they're not getting that revenue, the taxes for restaurants and this and that. Who do you think is going to pay it? The taxpayer. You won't be able to. The taxes are going to go up two, three thousand Maybe more. Well, they're going to be screwed because everyone's getting out of New York. You know what? You raise a lot of good points. Send them to Washington, D.C. Seriously, have them a beautiful deluxe coach bus, a bunch of them. Won't cost all that much money. 
I can't believe it. Adams, he's milking this thing. Okay. He loves the attention. He loves, he just loves it. He does, and he doesn't have to come up with a solution. The media, they, they have no, they have no capacity to follow up whatsoever. None. Zero. All right. So it's just, uh, Mayor Adams said this. Mayor Adams said that. Mayor Adams said this. Well, I am actually going to follow up on something because Mayor Adams said we're going to need $12 billion for these migrants. $12 billion. $12 billion. And uh, you're right. That's a lot of property taxes, right? And uh, the federal government. So, uh, twelve billion. Doesn't that sound like a lot of money? It's actually a ludicrously stupid amount of money. Now, I looked it up. The uh, you have a to say you have a city of a hundred thousand people, a city with an infrastructure, right? Uh, with plumbing, with the uh, Department of Works, uh, police departments. You know what? A city of a hundred thousand, an entire city. Forget just this one population of people, adults, oh, by the way, who know how to, like, wipe themselves. I'm sorry to be so crude. Um, what's that budget? Tuscaloosa, Alabama has 100,000 people. The city budget for a year is $150 million. $150 million. Goodyear, Arizona, 100,000 people. Similar number. Uh, uh, close to $200 million. How about these Democrats, huh? So greedy. So greedy and so into phony contracts. And Ewick has a lot of friends, a lot of friends in that regard, uh, payoffs and stuff like that. Jim, yes, hello? Yes, hi. How are you, Greg? I love your show. Listen, Greg, I just want to ask you something. Well, the city is exploding with these immigrants. Uh, is that not adding to the homeless population? And another thing, we're talking about shoplifting has been normalized under this administration. Uh, it's costing uh, uh, businesses $310 billion a year, a million and a half dollars an hour, and $25,000 a minute. What do we need these people in this country for? Why, just so they get votes? That's where I'm at, buddy. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, look, you're, uh, you, you know, you've answered the question yourself. They want the, uh, the globalists want the cheap labor. The uh, Democrats want the votes and they also want to kill the middle class. And, you know, who, who's, who's managing a drugstore? You know, I know the corporations, whatever, uh, own them often a Dwayne Rio. Who's managing that? A middle class guy. And they're making it totally untenable. They want us to get our freaking toothpaste from Amazon. Imagine that you ever get something from Amazon, getting toothpaste from Amazon. You know, that's what that's that's what they they want to put all these little guys out of out of business. And uh, I uh, normalized. We've legalized it. Who the hell did that? How do it's still against the law? You know who are the worst here? The real culprits, the district attorneys, the woke, crazy district attorney. Um, Gonzalez in in is that his name? What's the guy's name in Brooklyn? Is it Gonzalez? You know, these people used to be such giants. Not anymore. Bragg here in New York. Uh, Darcel, somebody in the Bronx. How's Melinda Katz doing? I think she's not crazy. I think she's not crazy. She actually beat a crazy person for the job. We like that. Uh, but these people, funded by Soros, are horrible. Hey, send the migrants to Delaware, huh? Delaware. Delaware. That's very close. They could be there by, they could be there by supper. I'll be right back. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you notice uh, the New York Post, you know what they always have almost every day, and all newspapers and everywhere, every website, has some teacher hooking up with some student, and often it's a female teacher hooking up with a student. And uh, let's face it, 
you click on those stories, right? I mean, people click on those stories. They do, especially if it's a woman teacher. I mean, I don't know what's the what's the fascination or whatever. It's uh, but the thing is, it's an epidemic. They each one of these is like a one off. Like you know, some t- the, the, the the latest one, a thirty two year old teacher was hooking up with a. Hey, this is it's 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 ludicrous. It's it's horrible. It's ugly. A fourteen or fifteen year old girl for a couple of years. It was going on for years. And then the girl apparently graduated from the school, and then the teacher started hooking up with another girl, and then the one who graduated went to authorities then because she felt like the teacher broke up with her. Uh, and there was allegedly sexual stuff going on, and it's all the time. And it's always in the newspaper. It's always treated as a one-off. Nobody ever like, hey, there's a trend here, right? There's something happening. There is a... There is a shift. There's something odd. I think uh, there are a couple of things that have contributed to this environment. Number one, yes, the cell phone, which is an amazing tool, can be used for great things. But like anything else, it can be used for horrific things as well. And uh, it's just very easy to strike up a conversation between teacher and student, I guess, over the phone, especially through social media apps and that kind of thing. And, uh, unfortunately, or, you know, often, then it's, uh, that, that, uh, the conversations can get very intimate and personal and all kinds of things. And then pictures are exchanged and it shouldn't be happening, but it is happening. And, uh, a lot of these women, it's been noticed, are, uh, very attractive. I'm talking about the teachers and, uh, often they're married with kids. And, uh, what is going on here? This was not happening. This was not happening in the, I mean, it's, this, I guess it's always happened a little bit here and there. Who remembers Mary Kay Letourneau? Yeah, nobody remembers. Mary Kay Letourneau was a teacher, I think, in California. I mean, the, the, she was a sick woman. She was hooking up with a kid who was like 10. But get this, like they couldn't be separated. They arrested her. They put her in jail for three years. And then she'd get out and she'd hook up with the kid again. And he was like 13. And then they put her back in jail, and then three years later she gets out, and he's 16, and they're hooking up, and it's still illegal. Finally, they got married when he was old enough, and they stayed married for like 12 years. They got divorced. They were the biggest couple. I mean, it was on the cover of People magazine and stuff like that. They were huge in France. Huge. They were like, they were celebrated. That's a story of love. Um, No, it's kind of depraved and weird. I guess that's an exception, obviously. It's all exceptional. But exceptional in a bad way. Uh, but that's before pornography in your pocket. I mean, looking at porn not too long ago, you had to be a certain kind of individual to do that. I'm not saying a bad person or whatever, uh, but you had to present yourself at some store to buy pornography. Right? I mean, and or order it I and you know what I mean and now everybody can get it and I think it puts ideas and I think I heard this from what's his name uh Jim Caviezel pornography is one of the arms of the devil I've seen it I've looked at it I know he's right I know he's right Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Diane Feinstein, uh, not looking good. She took a terrible tumble, fell, and, uh, you know, she has not been looking good for a while. She's 90 years old, and uh, some uh, some people are going to make it to be 100, 110, and they got everything going on. Uh, she does not. And it looks like this could be, this could be pretty bad. It's always bad when a 90 year old falls. You know, um, believe it or not, I kind of like her or I liked her before everything went crazy about seven years ago. All right. But she was, believe it or not, a uh, not insane Democrat. And she was pretty good on uh, Homeland Security matters. And she was like a, a serious person, a serious person. Um, I think she's been manipulated. I think she's uh, stayed around too long. A big beef I have with her is uh, the whole treatment of Kavanaugh. Her office engineered a lot of that stuff with Christine Blasey Ford. And uh, I remind, I'm reminded that uh, Christine Blasey Ford's lawyer is Deborah Katz, who is also the lawyer for some of the survivors of Andrew Cuomo's reign of terror. Remember all that nonsense? Yes, I do think it's nonsense. The whole idea that he's a predator. Not true. False, fake news. Political hit job engineered by Joe Biden uh, for reasons uh, we don't fully know or understand yet. Uh, Deborah Katz, uh, same woman in Blasey for everything that that person touches should not be believed. But uh, Diane Feinstein, a uh, a tough cookie, a tough cookie. Do you remember when she was mayor of San Francisco and uh, like the deputy mayor and the city council uh, president shot and killed? by some city council member. Um, I think Harvey Milk was one of the guys shot. I mean, it was just crazy. It's crazy. It was in the late 70s. And the guy who did the shooting was actually found not guilty by reason of insanity. I think it was the famous Twinkie, the Twinkie defense. He ate too much junk food, and it started messing with his brain, and he was found not guilty. Uh, only in America, only in America, shot and killed Two people, but Diane Feinstein, yeah, I don't like this. I hope she gets better. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a no kidding fall. I mean, not, not like whatever the hell happened in, um, Nancy Pelosi's house. Hey, where is that guy? Remember him? DePape? DePape was his name, right? DePape. He's the alleged, uh, hammer man. That story was so thoroughly bizarre, strange. They didn't tell us one tenth of it, one one hundredth of it. I am. Very, very suspicious about all that. And with all the um, the people, you know, not going to jail and not being arrested or being arrested and being let out 10 minutes later, that guy is still in custody to pape. And as far as I know, oh, wait, he did hit him in the head. All right, that's right. He did hit him in the head. I remember he broke into the house and then he did hit him in the head. Um, and that's bad. Um, but it's bad when anybody gets hit in the head. I mean, just it's is he being singled out? Uh, yes, yes, he is. They're throwing the book at him. Uh, everything they can come up with, and watch out for federal prosecutors when they start uh, trying to come up with more ways to charge you. They can charge you a million different ways, and that's what they're doing all day long, daydreaming about new ways to get Trump. And their allies in the media, um, the state-run media, it's basically state-run media, New York Times, uh, MSNBC. I saw this morning there was a guy named uh, Chuck Rosenberg, and he was 
going on and on and on about all the federal crimes that Donald Trump was committing when he said, if you come after me, I am going after you. Oh, that is definitely a, a threat, and that is chargeable under the criminal code. What we could do is, and he's just like, it's all day long, that kind of stuff. People brainstorming on live television about how they can charge Trump. Um, everybody knows this is fake, but I, uh, you know, I was feeling pretty good about this stuff. Now I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit uneasy. I am. I just, uh, you know, every now and then I get, I get worried. I mean, how, how crazy are these people? And they have allies all over the place. It's not just, it's not Republican versus Democrat. Uh, there are all kinds of Republicans in on the plot to get Trump. Did you see that broken down Judge Ludig? He's, he's back in the, in the, in circulation. He's this weird federal judge who's bitter and mean and hates everybody because they didn't put him on the Supreme Court. For whatever reason, this guy was supposed to be on the Supreme Court. It didn't happen. And now he hates, uh, he hates Trump and he even hates his supporters. Yes, MAGA. Donald Trump and his supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. And they put him on all the shows. He said that at a congressional hearing. Wasn't checked. Wasn't nobody. He said that on uh, television uh, this morning. He said last night. He's all over the place. Ludig is his name. L-U-T-T-I-G. He made a hell of a lot of money being the company lawyer for Boeing. And I think one of the reasons why he's so anti-Trump. Remember when Trump got in there in uh, early 2017? Even before he became president. After he was elected. Before he actually became president. He was like, he got Boeing on the phone. Hey, you know this 747 new Air Force One that you're ripping us off for? Yeah, airplanes don't cost that much. No, no, we want to pay half this. It's great. And he knew exactly what he was doing. How many presidents have ever bought a 757 before? None. One. Him. Him. You know, people say, that, uh, sorry, reality TV host. He never should be uh, him so much more than that. You guys don't have the one, one ounce of understanding of this man. And the things that you have to do and negotiate and move, I mean, literally move physically, metaphorically, in every which way to get a building built. I, uh, what did Joe Biden do? He had a big smile and a handshake. That's it. I'll do you a favor. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all he's got to offer. No expertise. That's why they have a million staff members. They're not supposed to know anything. That's the way the system works. James Flippin, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Greg, good. How are you? Uh, not bad. Hanging in? Uh, pretty much. I, uh, I see Eric was not in the news for a little while, Eric Adams, and now he's back to doing what he's doing, talking about a problem. Yes. He's talking about a problem and, uh, and he's getting all kinds of coverage. He knows how to get coverage because he put a price tag on the, on the problem, right? Yeah, he did actually. Uh, he put it increased price tag on the problem today. But what I wanted to draw to your attention was actually something he said yesterday, because I know the migrant crisis, as it's known here in New York, is something you've talked about on these airwaves. And, you know, it's gotten coverage elsewhere as well. But according to Mayor Adams, it hasn't gotten enough coverage from the media. Listen, let's be honest. Uh, many people in the media ignored this until people were sleeping out in front of the Roosevelt. I've been saying this for almost a year this is going to spill over, and many of you were not writing about, uh, you know, some did, but many were just acting like we were just making this up. This is what happens when you smoke a lot of weed, I think, because everything's beautiful with this guy, right? You can see not an ounce of anxiety or 
self-doubt or anything. He's a he's a pot smoker. He said it on Letterman or whatever that show is, Colbert. Yeah, Colbert, right. This is this is what you get when you get. Remember, it was like a scandal when we found out that there's a rumor that uh, De Blasio was smoking pot, right? Remember that? That was like, oh my god, that could take him down. Now he's he's doing it on television. He smokes weed. This guy, he yeah. smokes weed, and um, that's what you get. Everything's beautiful. Everything's blase. I knew it. You didn't. Blah, 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 blah. Everything's fun. Light and breezy, so that's pretty wild. Well, I'm not sure if marijuana would factor into this next part or not, but Mayor Adams did say that there's a way everyday New Yorkers can help with this situation. This is a moment where people need to stop asking, Eric, <laughs> what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? Oh. If you speak Spanish, there's nothing stopping you from opening a class to teach migrant Spanish and running to Herx. We will give Wait, you the room stop. to do so. They already know Spanish. He said, he said, if you speak Spanish, go teach them Spanish. I'm telling you, man, the guy's on drugs. I think he meant if you're bilingual. He's on, he's on, he's on <laughs> freaking drugs. All right? Teach him Spanish. Can I hear it again? I think he just told the Spanish speakers to go in there and teach. It's like English teachers teaching English, like grammar and stuff like that and diagramming sentences. Is that what? Okay. All right. Wow. One more time. Did I hear that? This is a moment where people need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? If you speak Spanish, there's nothing stopping you from opening a class to teach migrant Spanish and running to Herx. We will give you the room to do so. <laughs> uh, what else about that? I mean, gosh, he's just addicted to the attention. He's a narcissist. And, you know, we have government to take care of these things. It's his full-time job. We, You have a full-time job. I have a full-time job. I mean, people are doing stuff, right? This is... He campaigned for this job. This is his dream job. God told him he was going to get the job, according to uh, Eric, right? So this is the best you got. You stink. You're terrible. You're a joke. You're enamored with celebrity, and uh, you can't believe you're just still pinching yourself. I thought it would have worn off by now, but it hasn't. It is a nightmare that this bum is mayor. It is a nightmare. I mean, I kind of I, I I saw this coming. I did. I remember. Anyway, all right. So, um, well, that audio was from yesterday. He he did speak today about the situation. Greg, you're sitting in front of the American flag right now. Uh, Mayor Adams says that basically, you know, immigration, migration, whatever you want to call it, it's part of the American story. They have already begun to make homes, to give back to their communities, to become New Yorkers. Hey, stop! This is a speech. This is not some Q and A. This is like his big this speech. Was, he gave because uh, today you connected with it at the start of the segment. He said it's going to cost twelve billion dollars by twenty twenty five. Is that what he's about to say? That's what he announced today. But is that, this is, is kind gonna, of part of that. All right. This is like oh wow wow. Somebody wrote this for him. That's why he's not getting Spanish and Spanish and Spanish mixed up. All right, keep going. President Obama has said, "Obama, we were once strangers too." Forty percent of all Americans can trace their heritage to Ellis Island we know, right we know, here we know this stuff. in New York Harbor. Is that it? That's it. Oh, wow. Are you moved? Do you guys, when they go down there, do they smirk and make jokes about him? I mean, this is, this, is, this is like right out of the sixth grade. Well, you know, what's funny is I used to, when it was de Blasio, speaking of him, I was at his pressers all the time. But since I'm here doing the reports in studio, I haven't been to an Adams press conference. I don't know how long. I think so. you got to go down there and give him hell. Maybe I should go down there. Can That'd I get be a, fun. 
Um, do we have this $12 billion thing? I got to hear him say it. I want to hear him say it's $12 billion. No, oh, well, I don't actually have that particular. So I looked it up. It $12 it for billion dollars for 97,000 people. Well, uh, this is like, a, a, like the most extravagant, ridiculous. This is the kind of number somebody who's high comes up with because to run a city of a hundred thousand people in Goodyear, Arizona, a hundred thousand people, it costs them $150 million. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama, cost them two hundred million dollars. Right, that's about anywhere from a hundred million to about three hundred million for the services. Right, for the entire city, mm. for the entire city to hire a police force, a fire department, uh, teachers, schools, sanitation crews, buy garbage trucks. <laughs> you can do it for two hundred million dollars. Yeah, what the hell does he want to do? I mean, obviously, this is a, the, he's a greedy politician, a, a, a broken down, you know, just. Get money. Show me the money. Where's that clip where he said, show me the money. Remember that nonsense? Mm-hmm. That was the only, <laughs> that's, that's the real Eric. No, but to your point, I mean, I, I don't have that, the exact list in front of me, but that 12 billion more or less covers like, you know, the FDNY, you know, the NYPD, like all this, there's all these big city government line items that if you put those all together, they'd be maybe approaching something like 12 billion. So I don't really understand how they're how they're coming up with these numbers. Well, uh, I do. They're just smoking reefer. They're they're <laughs> reefer. They're passing it around. I mean, these are not serious people, uh, and they don't know what they're doing. I mean, the thing that they seem to know is scheming together in restaurants to get some sort of deal, <laughs> right? Out at late with those two guys who were embezzlers or whatever they did, right? They're 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 criminals. They're lowlifes. Those two guys, the restaurateurs, right? I mean, they've been busted a whole bunch. These are the people he hangs with. Mm. Very, very suspicious. James, do me a favor. Stay with us, and I'll be right back. We'll be right back. Show me the money. (laughs) Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, uh... (laughs) Sorry, this Montgomery boat riot thing is uh, still trending. And, uh, James, you have any more thoughts on this thing? I think you're a very reasonable guy here. I, uh, uh, you know, this is being portrayed as a white versus black, uh, matter. And, um, the white people, oh boy, they, uh, they were, they, they, they got theirs, certainly, all right? And, uh, the black people stuck up for each other, and it's just being drawn along racial lines. I don't know if that's uh, the, th- the way to treat this. But I just don't understand that, because looking at the video and trying to make sense of it, it seems like there's both white people and black people on sort of both sides of this chaos. It's just a, a melee of some kind. I don't know how you could immediately draw some racial distinction on that. Well, I mean, initially, it may look that way, uh, initially, um, but I don't know. I am... I'm looking at this poor woman getting hit in the head with a with a with a chair. Pete in Piscataway, you've been on hold for a while. You want to talk about this? Uh, what do you think? Yes. Hello. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. are on the air. Yeah. Hey, Greg. Um, I really love your TV show, and I think TV was made for you. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, slow down. You're very excited here. Um, and uh, what do you want to say? Okay, I watched that video too. And it was obvious that the white guy jumped the black guy. That was obvious. And then the next person to come in, I thought he was going to pull the white guy away and break it up. No, he started hitting the black guy, too. So you had two whites on one black. And then they're the ones who escalated it. And those two guys should be in front of the judge. Wait, wait, the they're women- the, wait, 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 all right. Just, I mean, 
let's put it in perspective here. It's no big deal. I mean, it's a, it's 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 pushing and shoving and yeah, punching on a dock in some state, uh, Alabama. Does anybody even know what river that is? I didn't. Is it the Mississippi? What river is it? I mean, it's a little bit absurd. Take take a step back. It is kind of stupid, right? Don't you think, Pete? This whole thing. It wasn't like a mass shooting. It wasn't. I mean, it's it's over in ninety seconds. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there was pushing. There was pushing and shoving and punching in a thousand different places over the weekend. Would you agree? Yeah, but you know what? You're the one who's been talking about it for 20 minutes. Well, I am fascinated by it at the same time. I mean, look, this is a national issue whether you like it or not. And what I'm trying to do is throw some reality into the picture because nobody is talking about the woman in the red dress. She's 60 years old getting kicked and beaten by two black women and then hit in the head with a chair carried by a black man. This is portrayed the way you initially portrayed it yourself. Escalated by white people. Here's my little note here. The white people, and they should be the white. Well, I, uh, white, black, do we even know? Do we even know where racial words exchange? You know, sometimes people can just come to each other's aid spontaneously, irrespective of race. Uh, if we're going to talk about race, and I do suspect that race is a big factor here. Then I don't think it's a, because that dock worker was, uh, attacked or whatever. I don't think that. Everybody in the vicinity could just grab any white person they saw and punch them and kick them and beat them and hit them over the head with a chair, which is far worse than anything that happened to this uh, deputy dock guy. I guess he was the deputy captain of the boat. All right, Pete, thanks. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, I I don't like that it's national, but that it is national, I'm going to talk about it like in a way that nobody else is in the country, quite frankly. Thank you. <laughs> well, it, it's tough whenever a fight starts and then, you know, people are responding. It's like, you know, are you uh, in the line of fire because you're with that group? You know, I guess maybe that's what people would say about that woman who was attacked. I don't necessarily think that's a fair way of looking at it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't understand the, the need to make it a racial thing. Well, um, black people are um, very, very cool these days. White people are not considered very cool these days by Elite media and the left. I think people basically consider individuals. Maybe that guy's cool. Maybe he's not. It depends. Is he a jerk? Is he nice? You know, what is they like? You know, people are people. We take each other as individuals. I think that's the way it should be. We not look at the world through this racial prism because the racial prism that they are foisting in front of, it's like a pair of broken glasses that they're making everybody wear. And I think this is kind of, this might be the, the impact of that. But there is a weird thing. It's like we're trying to create a caste system. Don't they have that in India? Diego, you've been, you've, you've been overseas. Have you ever been to India? No? I've actually been to India, but I was only there for about 20 minutes. Seriously, I went with George W. Bush, and uh, it's amazing he even got off the plane. <laughs> he, just, he was not interested. Bill Clinton went, and he, he spent two weeks there, went to the Taj Mahal. What's his name? Bush gets off the thing, goes to some banquet, gets back on the plane, out of here. But I was on that trip, so I don't know much about India. But uh, I do like... Anyway, be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I've never seen a presidential decision that is owned so much by this particular president. Certainly presidents all own their decisions. But... 
but Martha, the facts are the entire military chain of command, from the on-scene commander to the central command commander, to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, to the Joint Chiefs themselves, to the Secretary of Defense, to the director of the CIA, to the six other NATO nations who had troops in Afghanistan, they all told the president, do not withdraw. Keep our troops there to protect us from the al-Qaeda and ISIS in the future. He believed he had resolution on Afghanistan in a way that no one else did. And I think it was a degree of arrogance that was in the room. And he made that decision defiantly to pull our troops out of there. He owns this decision in a way that no one else does. That's General Jack Keene, former four-star Army general. I believe he was chief of staff. Very, very um, bright man. Uh, has always been kind of an independent thinker. I really like him a lot. He went to Fordham, oh, by the way. He's a native New Yorker. And you heard what he just said. It's true about Joe Biden. You know, two years ago this month, we were getting our asses kicked in Afghanistan. Remember that horrific episode? And Joe Biden, he's so right about the arrogance of Joe because, and I could see how it would actually kick in. I'm actually, because Biden had been there for a long time in the Senate and then as vice president, the generals come and go. The, 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 the captains become colonels, the colonels become generals, right? He, he saw generations of these people come and go, and he started to think that he knew better. And then when Bo died and Bo went to Iraq, and then he could say, like, I'm a gold star father and all that stuff, he started to lie and exaggerate about that. Nobody could tell him anything. He knew better than anybody. So there is that. There's also, I will say this, the military, I'm sorry, but um, too many yes-men. Too many uh, people, you know, when they went over to the White House, did they really tell it like General Keene just laid it out? I tend to doubt it. I tend to doubt it. They kind of try to figure out what the boss wants, and then they tell the boss what the boss wants to hear. James Flippin, you've been around a long time. I mean, have you ever seen that tendency before? I mean, it's it's kind of human nature, right? Yeah, it is. I think more often than not, real leadership is people who are kind of willing to sometimes stand up to say, oh, uh, the boss wants to do it this way, or the the top person wants to do it this way. What if we try it this way? But not so easy to do that. Uh, yes, especially look in the private sector. I mean, <laughs> the boss is paying you, right? I mean, I think you have it. I think it's your uh, duty to tell the boss what you think is best for the company. But when they say, yeah, all right, well, I uh, thank you for that. I know all about this company. We started it way before you got here, and uh, we're going to do it this way. Oh, sir, yes, sir. You ever see that show, uh, what was it, Who's the Boss with? Um, Tony with, Danza? No, 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 no. What is it? Too Close for Comfort with Ted Knight. And Ted, oh, Ted yeah. Knight, and they were like, uh, Ted was making a stand. I will not write such a cartoon. He was a cartoonist. I will not do that. I am nobody's yes man. Ted, do you want to keep your job? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, right. all right. So, what about this? Twelve? Do we have the twelve billion dollar stuff? We do. Yeah, that's what Mayor Adams says. It's going to cost the city in terms of handling or paying for this migrant crisis by twenty twenty five. If things do not change, we expect to have more than a hundred thousand asylum seekers in our care by the end of June twenty twenty five. Driving projected spending to six. billion in that fiscal year if we do not change course. That means over the course of three fiscal years, our city is projected to have spent more than $12 billion. 
I, I don't think this man should be trusted with twelve bucks, twelve hundred bucks, let alone he just doesn't. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and by the way, uh, the five billion that Adam says they will have spent on new arrivals this year. I was alluding to this earlier. That's nearly the combined budget of the FDNY, Sanitation Department, and Parks Department combined. I'm dividing $12 billion. I don't know. This guy's total. I mean, you have, you have an amateur. You know what I mean? And he didn't even get to work. When he gets the job, what does he do? He went on a vacation. He went on a big vacation to Africa and tried on all kinds of clothes and ate exotic dishes. And I'm sure that was fun. But he was the clock was ticking, and he didn't have a plan for anything. And then he comes out with his plans. You ever see those plans? You know? The how to fight crime, uh, increase nature trail access for children and concentrate on healing. I mean, the, the, these are some of the solutions that are in the action plan. All right. All right, pal. Everything else good with you? Yeah, everything's good. We also have daily uh, shark patrols now. So hopefully that'll make you feel better about the waters of New York City. I don't do uh, beaches anymore, I decided. I am strictly going to the pool. There's too many uh, unknowns, too many variables. Yeah. Uh, the sand is too hot. For number one. Yeah, I mean, our, my colleague in the newsroom, Bob Brown, is not a beach guy. He likes the pool. Yeah, and there's creatures. Forget the sharks. There's just stuff down there and seaweed. Lately, I don't like seaweed and shells. Mushy and nasty. Right. And, and um, so I will stick to the pool. Who's doing the shark patrol? FDNY and NYPD. Like with their boats or with their scuba guys? What? Boats and also aerial, I guess, drones. Huh. Huh. Or maybe they're maybe they're biplane. I don't even know. Who has a biplane? NYPD, don't they? No. A biplane? It's like from World War II. Oh, well, I guess... Uh, a biplane. That's not the right term. That an engine plane? Not a jet. Uh, they don't have a plane. I don't think they have I thought a plane. they did. A plane? Uh, No, I think they got a bunch of helicopters. All right, maybe it's helicopter. A plane. All right, well, that would be cool. Um, thank you. Let's try uh, Sandra. You've been waiting. Hello? Thanks, bud. Sandra. Hi, Greg. Hi. Hi, Greg. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about Ron DeSantis, how he would be if he was our president. I don't know. He gets, like, on my nerves a little bit. For instance, he uh, had his uh, Department of Education. He signed this law saying that these beautiful books, Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth, Mac, I can't even talk. I have a little cold, Macbeth and Hamlet. He He's censoring all those beautiful classics, and if the teachers dare and go you know, if they don't follow the rules, they will get disciplined. I, I mean, that's, you know, perturbing to me. Wait, 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 wait. These- He's saying they're going to – classics are good. We want the kids to learn the classics. He wants the kids to learn the classics, right? No, he wants to censor the parts that are sexual. No, he doesn't. He's not talking about the classics. He's not talking about the classics, classics. What classic book? What classic I'm book? I'm you, Romy – Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. And Juliet. I think this is Mac a little bit of fate. Yeah, they don't want to delete the sex from Romeo and Juliet. Let me look at this. Romeo and Juliet. There's no sex in that anyway. It's all implied, right? It's all implied. It's not even um, Romeo and Juliet. DeSantis. Maybe you're right. I have not heard this. Let's see here. Um, no, this is this is this is fake news. This is one school district overreacting. Let me see here. Uh, Hillsborough, Hillsborough County, Florida. The local school board announced Tuesday that students will no longer be permitted to read any uh, Shakespeare plays. They say the decision is in accordance with the state's 2022 parental rights and education. So the parents at the school board do have a uh, 
you know, they have a right to take a look at the books. And if they don't think the book should be written, this is one outlier. I don't trust it. This is not like Ron DeSantis sat down. Look, you do agree that the parents should have a role in what the kids read, right? No question. All right. So this is what happened. Okay. The parents are involved. It's old. It's not up to Ron DeSantis. It's up to the parents. And, uh, I think this was a trap. This is, you know, it's, they're just trying to embarrass him. Let's see here. There's no, it was, it was also in consideration of the law, Romeo and Juliet. This is, no, this is, this is one book in one, uh, district. And I think it's, this is a political season. Okay. There's all kinds of trickery going on. So this is not like he sat down and said, ban or censor Romeo and Juliet. Let's see here. One teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is fake. And you know what? These school board meetings, we see them on TV and they're really charged and everybody is there and things are going nuts and right, right? It's not always like that. Mm-hmm. It's not always like that. A lot of times people don't show up, you know, and uh, the eyes have it and two hands go up. That's it. There's something very phony and fake about this. I'm no real Ron DeSantis fan. I don't think he's ready to be president. It's going to be a long time. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe a really long time, but he's got a long time to go. In 20 years, he'll be, uh, 15 years younger than Trump is right now. The guy's got a lot of life left to live. So don't worry about this. This is a little bit of fake news trickery. Okay. They're, they're, Um, they're trying to spin you up, Sandra, and they're too successful with that. You get spun up a lot about this stuff. No. Could I tell you something, Greg? He also did a very good thing. He dismissed two people, one prosecutor, because she wasn't following the I law. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know he did that. He did that. He did, yeah, 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 yeah. But it doesn't matter. You're for Trump, right? Yes, of course. There's oh. no question. All right. Sounded a little wobbly no there for a, for a little while. Okay, good. Sandra, I so appreciate I know. That's right. That's right. You and me. We're for Trump no matter what. And we like no matter, you know, we like the style and we like the substance. Some people say they only like the substance. We like the style as well. But don't go. you got to watch for this stuff and read the fine print, the headline. Look at the headline of that story. What is it here? Uh, Romeo and Juliet banned from Florida school district due to sexual content following Ron DeSantis's new law. It's fake news, all right? It's designed to get people... Uh, you know, worried and upset and oh my gosh, no one's in charge. This is crazy. Ron DeSantis is an idiot. Steve, hello. Hello, Greg. How's things today? Fine. Hey, listen, Greg, I listened uh, to your show yesterday about all the talk about the Alabama incident and I hadn't really watched the video, but when I turned on my social media this morning, the first thing I saw was a meme that had a iconic Martin Luther King statue with said chair attached to it. Uh, Yeah, I saw the same thing. Like, I mean, whoever made it is trying to say, like, the chair was good. Like, that was a good thing, hitting that lady in the head with the chair. Yep. Yeah. And and as as I was on hold, I was just kind of thumbing through some stuff, and now I'm seeing a guy walking around with a chair attached to his belt saying there's an open carry permit. I mean... Somebody's running with this chair uh, info, even if it's not the, the mainstream news. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You're right. It's kind of taking off. It's a little bit uh, uh, subversive, you know, online. Look, take that. But the fake news is ignoring it. The fake news is ignoring it. That poor woman who gets hit in the head. I don't like that this guy got beat up. All right. But, you know, he uh, the, the reinforcements came and 
And uh, this woman got it a lot worse than than he did. So, yeah, watch out for this chair stuff. Watch out for this chair stuff if it, if it becomes a new thing. I think anybody, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you look like, if you look at that video. In fact, the woman taking the video was like, ah! She screamed when that woman got hit in the head. She didn't like it. And uh, uh, I think, uh, I don't want to guess at anybody's race, but I have a feeling she was non-white. She's a human being. Anybody seeing that would be aghast, and she was aghast. I just love it when people just connect on a human level, not a level regarding race. You know what I mean? Thank you, Steve. Good point, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's fairly common for judges to restrict parties in what they can say publicly. But this is not your normal case. You are trying to hold a trial of the leading candidate uh, for the presidency during that presidential election. You can't ignore that. He's got to be able to discuss this case. There is an alternative, of course, and not a bad one. The judge can simply say that the trial will be held after the election. Then uh, there may be less uh, pressure to, on, on Trump and others to discuss these matters. But if you really want to try this case in the middle of a presidential election, then you're going to have to allow Trump a little leeway in talking about what the case is about. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can watch Fox all day long and <laughs> they really bash Trump. But Jonathan Turley is the... Legal analyst there. He's fantastic. He's really smart. He gets it, and uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, there's no urgency. There should be no urgency with this trial. He could have it after the election, but they want to take him out, and they don't want him talking about it. So, so I thought, okay, they want to throw him in jail. Now they want to actually like totally cripple his candidacy, and uh, they're helping it, so they're kind of losing their mind, and they're going to start making some big mistakes. They have already. Um, hey, the NYPD does have an airplane, a fixed wing airplane. I'm looking at it right now. It is a, uh, a Cessna C208 Grand Caravan. It's a big propeller plane, one engine, not a biplane, uh, but it does have the, uh, yeah, high wing. I don't think you'd call that a biplane. Bi has two wings and that's like from World War, uh, one. So yeah, they got a plane and, uh, they've had it, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how long they've had one, but they do have a fixed-wing aircraft. Uh, all right, got to get ready to wrap things up, and that's fine. I so appreciate you guys. Uh, let me just check in with Sarah. Hi. Hi there. Um, my question is, uh, you said that, uh, that the, the immigrants are not supposed to do anything. They're just supposed to stay in their hotel room. I, I didn't say I did not. I personally did not say that. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I don't know. They're saying that they're not supposed to do anything. I mean, I don't. Isn't the purpose for them to get a job? To you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Look, I mean, not do anything. They got to be doing something. But I mean, then again, I guess, I mean, they're technically not supposed to be working, right? Like, they're who's going to hire? It's against the law to to hire illegal uh, immigrants. And I'm just thinking this out loud right now. You mentioned it, and I'm like, yeah, I guess there's a uh, what do you call it? A catch twenty two or something like that. I mean, they're waiting for like paperwork to get a social security card or something like well, that. Well, I mean, yeah, legal. That would be you know, legality. I mean, they're here illegally. These are migrants who got into the country illegally, and then they're being escorted all around. Like a, they, they, you know, they've been given a key to the city, a key to the city. Remember the old key to the city? You can go here, you can go there, you. And that's what they've arranged for them. That's interesting about that whole thing. I haven't. I, I got to uh, dig a little deeper, Sarah. Thank you, and. uh uh, Barbara, hi. 
Hi, Greg. You were saying earlier in the show that you'd been worried and, and then you were feeling better for a while and now you're being very becoming very concerned again. And George Washington had something to say about our feelings like that. He wrote to Major General Philip Schuyler in 1777, and he said, we should never despair. Our situation before has been unpromising and has changed for the better. If new difficulties arise, we must only put forth new exertions and efforts. And we're up against a refounding, I believe, of our nation. And I believe Trump, as I had said to you last week, has many parallels to George Washington. George Washington had everything at risk, as did our founders and those who fought for us. We have everything at risk, too, but in a different way and not as obvious and not as immediately brutal a way. But we have everything at risk also. So we have to learn from and remember our founders and be encouraged by their spirit and by their success. I love it, Barbara. Thank you. You're right. That's a reminder. Do not despair. Think of all that stuff that George Washington went through. Plus, it was crazy cold in the winter and ridiculously hot in the summer, and they had all kinds of diseases to worry about. And uh, if you got shot or you broke your leg, there was no anesthetic. Yeah, they gave you a shot of whiskey and something to bite on, and you just had to suck it up. So, I mean, let's face it. We got heaven. It's heaven compared to what they had to deal with. Uh, but we still have to deal with it. We got to deal with it. Barbara, thank you. You're inspirational. George Washington. You know, George Washington would really like you. Don't you think, Barbara? Yes, he would. He would. He would. Um, what would he think of me? What would he make of me? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know what I would do? I would show him the airplane I could fly right away. That, that would command his respect instantaneously. What would they do? You ever see a movie? It's called, um, The Final Countdown with Martin Sheen. It's hard to find, but it's an amazing movie about an aircraft carrier, a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier that enters bad weather and it goes back in time. To 1941, December 1941, like December 4th. And they have this modern aircraft carrier with F-14 Tomcat fighters on it, right? All cutting-edge technology. And they know, they figure out, wait a second, we're in the Pacific Ocean. It's 1941 and the Japanese are about to attack. What do we do? What do we do? Well, they got to make a decision. And um, it's kind of similar to what I was just talking about. But anyway, many thanks. Talk soon.